Not JT the Brick, Adam Hill from the Review Journal, Vegas Nation, in for JT, along with Damon from Raider Nation Radio. Yeah, you know, that's pretty much what people know me from. We are getting you set for the holiday weekend, the last weekend without the NFL. Actually, teams, most of the teams around the league taking the weekend off. The Raiders not practicing throughout this weekend. They are kind of taking a little bit of break, mental reset uh, to get ready for the season before they start preparing for the Chargers in a couple of days. So we're getting you ready for what is to come in the NFL. A couple of questions of the day if you want to weigh in, 365-9200. The positive side, who is the person that you are not worried about? Who is Who inspires the most confidence in you? heading into the season on the Raiders, and then on the other side, what has you worried? Is there anything that has you concerned about this team? Obviously, the offensive line, an easy answer that a lot of people have given, but uh, anything else? Or is it just the offensive line that has you concerned? Is that the only thing standing in the way of the Raiders and what they want to accomplish this season? Weigh in 365-9200 on those phone calls to let us know. John Gruden was just mentioned by Paul Gutierrez a little bit ago. Uh, John Gruden obviously spoke earlier this week. One of the first times we've heard from him publicly. Um, I I think I've told this story on this station. I'm not 100% sure, but um, John Gruden is very still very uh, very much in with the Raiders in terms of following them and wanting to be wanting to know what's going on. Uh, I did run into him briefly. Uh, after the uh, that first court appearance when, where he is suing the NFL, he got a victory in court that day. And as he left, uh, ran into myself outside the courtroom and kind of beelined over and asked, how's Devontae looking out there at practice? So John Gruden very much still concerned uh, with what's going on with the Raiders. And, and you, would, you would expect that. I mean, a lot of the guys are his guys and uh, a lot of guys that he coached and, uh, you know, a, a long history with the Raiders. So not a, not a real surprise. But real quick, what was his reaction once you told him? Yeah, I'm sure you said Devontae's looking good. I said, I said that guy's pretty good. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> the, the Gruden, yeah, the, the kind of the fist Football, bump. man. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. So John Gruden did talk earlier this week. Uh, he expressed regret for what he had said in those emails for sure. And then he gave the – but everybody's made mistakes. I want another chance. I want forgiveness. All of those things. Now, suing the NFL, probably not the best route to get another chance at coaching in the NFL. Uh, I, I applaud his move because I do want to see a lot of the things come out uh, that are being kind of hidden uh, in this suit. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm for it, but it's probably not the best way to get back into the NFL if that is what he wants. I think if he wants to coach college or – another level at some point that's very possible. NFL is going to be difficult. But he's got some support. Uh, we just saw that TMZ uh, got a hold of Andre Risen, who I believe played for Gruden in 2000. Uh, that So he, a brief connection between them, obviously, and uh, Andre Risen, a longtime football guy. Uh so he, you know, everybody Gruden's been around football forever. So obviously, a, a brotherhood in the football world. Andre Risen believes uh, in what John Gruden said. I think he believes he deserves another chance. Uh, he's being unfairly judged. But let's see what Andre Risen has to say about John Gruden. Is God? You know, for some reason in in today's time, everybody think they're God now, and you know, because of social media and whatever other platforms that 
you know, they can voice their opinions. Um, God gave him a gift to coach, and it's up to him and God if he repents and uh, forgives uh, for his negatives and his faults and his defaults. Uh, I have no problem with it. He's a great friend of mine, will always be a great friend of mine regardless. It's like no one out in this world has been perfect. And um, I tell you what, for him to be a racist, if he was a racist, he darn sure gave a lot of black athletes chances and opportunities to put food on the table for their families. Now, we all say things that we regret. Uh, I'm not going back him if, if he's on the negative side, especially on that type of coin. Uh, and he knows that. But I know deep down inside, the guy loves the game. Uh, and if it's, if it's all possible, hey, if I had a chance to hire him, uh, who wouldn't hire John Gruden? Would you hire John Gruden to be a coach if you ran a team? No. No. <laughs> he said who wouldn't? Yeah, well, we have it, here's the thing. I know what people are thinking. It's like, oh, because of the comments. It's like, no, I just think that the league was already passing him by. We already <laughs> saw that. So does he deserve it? When, when it comes to people getting canceled, it's always, oh, man, like I'm getting canceled. But sometimes do people want you in the first place? I don't know. There's also a long conversation to have about what really is canceled. Yes. I, I, I still want people to tell me who's actually – who's been canceled. Like I'm a big uh, – I, w- I won't get into specifics of them. I'm a fan of a comedian, let's say, that has quote-unquote been canceled. I've seen him live like four times since he was quote canceled. I don't I don't know what canceled means. Uh, but, yeah, it's – I think it's more than just the comments. And I'll also say, look, I don't necessarily know that I'm in position to judge – I will say, I don't know that John Gruden is a racist or not. I know I've talked to a lot of a lot of black players that have been around him that insist that he's not, and I I take their word more than a, making a joke online. I don't think making a joke makes you a racist. I don't. And I've talked to enough people around him that say he's not. But I will also say that if you're a coach and you put black players on the field and quote unquote give them opportunities, that doesn't mean that you're not a racist. You're 100% right, because look at the makeup of the league. Right. What, I'm not saying so, he, If he was racist, he would have he would have employed a 100% white team? Really? That makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, when it comes to sports, that's like the worst argument to make. Right. It, it would, again, I'm not saying that, I, I'm absolutely not saying that he is a racist. That's not the point that I'm making. But I think it's a really silly thing to say, well, clearly he's not a racist. He played black players. Like, What? He, he didn't give them opportunities. He tried to make his team better. That's what he was doing. So I, I just think those are those are fallacies. Th- those don't make th- – one thing doesn't mean the other necessarily. Just like when John Gruden said the other day, I'm a good person. I go to church and I've been married for 31 years. I, I can tell you plenty of good people that go to church and have been married for a long time. And they're, I can tell you good people and I can tell you bad people that are in those same – that have those same things. Like those things do not – logically tied together it's just one of those things i know people are trying to you know defend their friends and that sort of thing and that's fine and again i'm not this is not an attack on john gruden i'm just saying one thing doesn't mean the other uh in this case for andre risen but he would hire john gruden to be a coach yeah and andre risen he's doing the right thing i mean if one of your friends gets in trouble and you want to stick by that friend you've got every right to shout it from the mountaintops yeah. hey man give my homie a job free to homie but that doesn't mean that the nfl or whoever else is hiring for coaches has to buy into that it could still be. Now, nah, that's still a bad look. 
<laughs> yes. And again, uh, John Gruden, by suing the league, probably put himself in a position where he's not going to be able to get another chance in the NFL anyway. Uh, and whether that's right or wrong, I don't know. But I, I think that's that ship has probably sailed at this point. Although he, his lawyer did say in court that they would drop the case if the Raiders just wanted to put him back in charge as head coach of the Raiders. Which would be How convenient. Really, which would be a really weird situation of telling Josh McDaniels and, and Dave Ziegler, like, hey, we're going to reverse this. Uh, the court has decided. Like how the NBA are. did with the uh, Chris Paul trade? Just yeah. veto it? Yeah, but except way after. Like, <laughs> if the Chris Paul trade would have been vetoed like a year and a half later. And we would have just erased history. That'd be a that'd be a crazy situation. Uh, so again, three six five ninety two hundred. You want to weigh in? Who are you most confident in? Uh, and what worries you about this Raiders team going into the season? What could hold them back or stop them from accomplishing the expectations and the goals that they have right now? And if you want to weigh in on John Gruden, would you give him another chance to be a coach if you were running a team? Andre Risen would apparently. Uh, Andre Risen probably has made some decisions in his life uh, and been around some some people. Uh, that he probably regrets as well. So I think we all have made mistakes. We're, we've all been in that boat before. Uh, we talked about Alex Leatherwood a little bit with Paul Gutierrez a minute ago. Uh, I did want to point out uh, that he is now in Chicago. He got there at midnight on Wednesday night. He practiced for the first time yesterday uh, with his new teammates in Chicago. Uh, we got to hear from uh, Ryan Poles, the GM, up in Chicago, kind of talking about why they wanted to give him another chance, why they believe in him. Also, Alex Leatherwood spoke. Um, to me, didn't look incredibly comfortable uh, as he was speaking yesterday, uh, was surrounded. Again, he has not been in the situation to kind of be surrounded by reporters in a locker room. Never happened. Yesterday, the locker room was open in Chicago, so it seemed like a different experience for him. He had, uh, and this, by the way, exactly how I would have been, so this is not a, a, a critique of him, but it's more just the observation that he had the backpack on. He was kind of gripping at the straps of his backpack as he was speaking to the, to the reporters. Um, literally exactly how I would have been uh, in terms of body language or what I've been doing. So um, just something I noticed uh, about him yesterday. Uh, Ryan Poles, thinking back to when they evaluated Alex Leatherwood before the draft last year, uh, he said he's a talented player and physically gifted for sure, prototypical in his size and movement. I think we all believe in player development here. Just forget where he was picked in the draft. That's over. We'll put him in the best position to succeed. We'll give it everything we've got uh, in terms of developing Alex Leatherwood. Uh, didn't commit to whether he'd play guard or tackle, although he lined up at tackle yesterday with the Bears. Wherever he settles in, that's what we'll do, Paul said of what position he would play. Quote, I trust the coaches to have a process for that. Alex Leatherwood um, – a lot of short answers. Again, didn't look the most comfortable he's ever been. He was. He, he mentioned he was tired. Uh, he got in very, very late, then had to get up very early to get physicals and all that with Chicago. Uh, but he just said, it's a new opportunity. I feel like what they have going on here is great. I'm excited to be a part of it. So hopefully it'll be a good fresh start for Alex Leatherwood. I, I do want to say, because you know I wrote a story the other day, and I said the Bears did the Raiders a favor by claiming Alex Leatherwood off waivers. And there was a response to that that said, how do you know what if he ends up being awesome, then it wasn't a favor? It still was. Like The Raiders had already decided to let him go. They had already released him. They were going to have to pay if nobody claimed him. In this case, the Bears do claim him. They take the Raiders off the hook for the money. No matter what happens from here forward, that was a favor to the Raiders. 
because they didn't have to pay. Now, if he does end up being really, really good, I'm sure the narrative will be, hey, the Raiders gave up on him too soon. They got rid of him. They shouldn't have. They should have let him, kept him around to develop. I will disagree with that already. I, I will say right now, no matter how good Alex Leatherwood ends up being, I don't think that was going to happen here. I, I feel like his confidence was shot to a point where there was nothing that was going to really turn around. I mean, yeah, if you kept him here and said, hey, let's let's let him develop. Let's give him time. Maybe he does, but are you, are you going to keep him on the roster? Like, are you going to keep him, Make like, send him into a game the way that he's playing right now, the where, where his confidence is? You couldn't do that. He was, he didn't, he didn't give everybody, he didn't show everyone that he was ready to do that. So you're going to have to let him go, either put him on waivers and bring him back to the practice squad or go in with him on the active roster and, and send him into a game. And, and I don't think that they're ready to do that. So they didn't really have much of a choice. They didn't really have an opportunity to let him develop. And I think he needed a fresh start. He needed to be somewhere else. And I wouldn't be shocked at all if he goes on to have a very, very good career. I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't. Uh, but I wouldn't be shocked either way. He's got talent. He's got potential. He's got prototypical size, strength, speed, all those things. It's just that he might have needed a fresh start. And so if he does go on and, and, and have a great career, that doesn't mean it would have happened if he stayed with the Raiders. Exactly what you said. And also to that point, to the what if Warriors, what if, what could possibly happen? If it does what happen, if yeah, it, it's not. I just made it up. Okay. I just hate the what ifs, when it, especially when it comes to the draft. The guy picked right after him two spots later. He's looking like a potential Hall of Famer. Yeah, well, you weren't talking about him on draft night either. So just let it go. So if Alex Leatherwood, if he goes on to be a multiple-time pro bowler, like you said, it wasn't going to happen with the Raiders. Let's say if he's on the roster for the rest of the season, not playing, confidence is low, what happens for him going into year three? Is he Was he suddenly all of figured it out in that offseason? And then in year three he becomes some stud of a player? I'm not saying that it is or isn't going to happen, but if we could just look into that crystal ball, we know for damn sure it wasn't going to happen with the Raiders. Yeah, and you know what? We don't even know that for sure. We assume that we think that because there was no sign of it. And, and I just don't know what they were supposed to do if they didn't have the confidence to put him on the roster. That you're going to waste a roster spot potentially on him if you weren't confident in putting him in a game and say, hey, you're going to be on the roster. We're just not going to put you in. We're going to let you develop. You don't have time for that, especially with what this team did. Now, we'll go back to the beginning of the offseason. And I actually was of the belief that they should probably try to rebuild for two or three years from now. They didn't do that. They went all in. They said, this is a team that is ready to go. And I think now it looks like we don't know how the season's going to play out, but it looks like they may have made the right choice in that regard because they, they have the potential to compete. But if they would have gone the other direction and tried to rebuild, then sure. You could have had a roster spot that you used on Alex Leatherwood and said, hey, Go ahead and develop. We're going to keep you on the roster. We, we don't need you because we're rebuilding and we're playing for two or three years from now. And just go ahead and develop. And when you're ready to play, we'll let you play. This is a team that doesn't have that option. This is a team that's built to win right now. You don't have a roster spot to waste in a situation like that. So it just wasn't going to happen uh, this year. And it wasn't going to happen with where this team is in its development. So you really can't worry about it anymore. You have to move on from him. And if he goes on to have a great career, great for him because he actually is a really, really good kid. And it would be awesome to see it, but it wasn't going to happen here. Uh, All right. Yeah, go ahead. Who's Let's got? go ahead and go out to the phone lines. We got Vince from Northtown. What's up, Vince? Yo, what's going on, fellas? By the way, you guys are doing a wonderful job filling in for Mr. JT the Brick. I just wanted to let y'all know that. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Foremost, you know what I'm saying? Uh, going back to the topic, you know, I was watching my car listening to you guys who are most confident about 
I'm most confident about, to be honest, and I don't think it's going to get talked enough. Derek Carr mentioned it weeks ago. Um, I think Josh Jacobs is going to have a great year. I really do. You look at his stats uh, last year, and this is what a bad old line. You look at my man's stats, he ran for 800 yards. He averaged four yards a carry. Those are good stats. Now that we got Devontae, now that we got Waller and Hunter, and I like how we signed Tyron Johnson. I'm glad he made the team. That's another speedster, another uh, relationship that Carr is going to build and what he's good at building. Um, I think the, I think the, with, even with this old line that we got now, we got some type of camaraderie. This is going to be the second year that these guys uh, have played together. I think Josh Jacobs is going to have a big, big year. I think he's motivated. I think he's ready to eat, you know. And one thing uh, that I might be worried about, yeah, it, the easiest one is the offensive line. I, um, the special teams was a good take. I, I did notice that the special teams could be a little bit better. You know, but other than that, I think Josh Jacobs is going to have a big year, man. Uh, what's you guys' take on that? Great stuff, man. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll let you go, and you can uh, you can listen to what my thoughts are. Look, I'm I'm with you to a point. Like I think Josh Jacobs. First of all, I tweeted a couple times in training camp. Looks faster, quicker, strong. He looks better than he has since he's been here. He looks unbelievable and ready to go. I don't know how much of an opportunity he'll have. Uh, this is a crowded running backs room. We know what the Patriots have done in the past, and this is a Patriots regime, of course. We know what they've done in the past in terms of spreading carries around, distributing the touches among the running backs. If he is a bell cow back for this team, uh, which the, the Patriots administration hasn't done since like 2004, have a guy get like 75% of the carries. Uh, if he did have that, I think he would have a massive year. I think it's going to be more by committee. But the one caveat is Josh Jacobs last year on his contract Maybe they don't want to put the wear and tear on the other guys in the backfield room, and then maybe they just let Josh Jacobs go and say, hey, it's it's your year. Go ahead and go. And I'm sure he'd be okay with that because he's playing for a contract here or somewhere else. Um, I, I am fascinated by how they distribute the carries, and I think the fact that it is his last year and that he's playing for a contract, all those things could help him have a great year and could allow the team maybe to say, all right, go ahead and and be a workhorse back, although – Zamir White looks awesome too. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how they distribute those touches. Yeah, I'd love to see him have that DeMarco Murray year and just go crazy. But yeah, that's not going to happen. Going to go I think out. It's Corey Dillon was the last <laughs> the last Patriots running back that got I, I think it was seventy five percent of the touches in the backfield. I think it was two thousand four. I could be wrong on that, but off memory, I think that's what it was. All right, going to go out to Marietta Evan. What's going on, my man? Hey, appreciate the time. Uh, fired up about some of the comments. Gutierrez, I mean, I don't know, he seems like a Raider hater to me, but statistics without context, and that's why they stink at uh, predictive analysis. Uh, first of all, Casey Hayward, anybody could have had him for a dime last year. He was a pattern fit for Gus Bradley's defense, and that's why he was, that's why he was good. He was a pattern fit for the defense. This year we got a much more, uh, I, I think, a much better defense we got a defense that's not going to be basically four guys rushing, no blitzing, and we're going to do the same thing every game, and our guys are better. It, it, it frustrated me. I think Patrick Graham, if you look at what he did with the Giants, was amazing with no offense and how, like, look at Russell Wilson. He couldn't figure out what they were doing. So very happy. The offensive line is, is another uh, area. The last three games of the year, the Raiders played three playoff teams, or, uh, and we averaged 140 yards rushing. That's not a stink offensive line. That's a good offensive line. We gassed the Chargers for 180 yards. We beat the Broncos. We beat the Colts. 
and our rushing offense was really good. That's an offensive line, like they said, that is ascending. Our weakest link last year was Leatherwood. We, I don't think they're worried about the offensive line. I think our offensive line is going to be much improved. It may not be a top 10, but it's definitely going to be average, I believe. I don't think they're worried about it. They got rid of their weakest link. Plus, they played together for uh, a few years now. A lot of these guys are really young. One of the things that Mayock said last year was that he didn't want an older offensive line. So he wanted to go young, and he realized there was going to be some growth. Well, a lot of these guys have played together. We got a we got a stud left tackle who's one of the best in the NFL, and a lot of these guys had last year to gel and grow. And most of these guys have played together for three years. We're going to be much much better. Last year, the last three games, look at that. We 140 yards average rushing, and we beat the snot out of these teams. These guys, predictive analysis, they don't know what they're talking about. You want to look at a pattern? Here's a pattern for you. Belichick got fired from Cleveland, got hired by the Jets, quit before he coached the first game, then went to New England and was a stud. Look at McDaniels. Uh, got fired at Denver, quit before he coached the first game with the Colts, and now is going to be a stud with the Raiders. That's called a pattern. You want to do predictive analysis? The Raiders are going to be great this year. Uh, Justin Herbert is not going to know this defense like he gashed them last year. This is not a vanilla defense. This is not a defense that's going to be predictable. This is not a defense that's going to say, hey, we're not going to blitz. We're just going to use our front four and then go beat us. We're going to, we're going to give him some looks that he's going to go, what the heck? Plus, our team is young and ascending, and we play together. A lot of these young guys that, you know, they, they, they stunk on their first-round draft picks, but they've done pretty good on some of their other draft picks. Max Crosby. I'm not going to be a bear. I'm not going to bury Mayock and Gruden. They did some good things. You had a first round draft picks. You got to hit on those, and that's why they're gone. But they didn't leave the cupboard bare. So I appreciate the time I fired up. Gutierrez is a Raider hater, as far as I'm concerned. The stuff without context, statistics without context, is 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 stupid. And they don't look at context. Look at the last three games. Look at their weakest link on the offensive line. Leatherwood's a rookie, and I bet he's going to improve. But he, last year, he was, he was not a good lineman. The Raiders are going to improve. Thanks very much for your time. There you go. Great stuff. Woo! Passionate. I like it. Uh, I will say, in terms of citing the running numbers, I don't, think they're, I don't think they're very concerned at all about the run blocking. I think it's more the pass protection that could be a concern. Um, and then you, you look at the other side. I think Thayer Munford at some point will take over a starting right tackle. Uh, whether that's game one or, or a couple games down the road, I think he's looked really, really good in the preseason. And he's, I think, much more ready to be a pass blocker right now than a run blocker. So we'll see how that could, kind of transforms the line as well. Uh, interesting, though. I, I mean, I, I like the points. And, and yes, to the, to the point of the offensive line, they don't need to be a top 10 offensive line with everything around them. They need to be 15 to 17. They need to be average. If they're an average offensive line, this team will be just fine. And so I think that's what they're kind of targeting on that side of the ball. All right, let's try to hustle up one more caller before we get to Jesse Merrick. Let's go out to Oklahoma Raider. What's up? Hey, guys. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Not too bad. Uh, man, I'm just really stoked about just uh, how this, I wouldn't say overhaul of this entire team with uh, the new GM and the head coach, but uh, just, you know, how uh, basically a new driver in a car can make a, a completely different difference. Like maybe the, maybe the O-line, maybe car, maybe all these things. Uh, had different things fighting against them. Uh, even after Gruden uh, left, uh, 
Olsen really wasn't the greatest play caller ever, but he started running uh, screenplays. And we were like, whoa, this is, this is insane. What, what the heck is, what are these? And they were working, and it just kind of, I don't know. And then now uh, they've kind of accessed uh, everything across the board, like what they got. And I think they're happy with what they're drafting and how everybody's plugging in and playing with their coaching. And I think, I think people are kind of blowing it out of a portion. Like we're scared about what Gruden and Mayock's team looked last, last year. And sure, we see the writing on the walls for it to happen this year, but I'm, I want people to not think about us. I want people to be like, yeah, dude, the Raiders didn't do much this offseason. And then we come out and punch everybody in the mouth. Like I'm, I'm stoked for this season. Uh, Maybe like a hurry up offense too. Like once Carr doesn't have to come up to the line, that. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm super stoked. Uh, kind of on the other end of that, like I think Abram uh, can be has like a really really crazy potential, like a really really high ceiling. But he, you know, he wants to knock people out, and then <laughs> he ends up knocking himself out of the game. Um, but again, it could be the same thing. Like, what if this dude has just gotten weird or bad coaching or didn't uh, the scheme didn't fit him? And then what if we plug this dude into this defense and he's an all star? So that's all I got to say, guys. I'm really stoked. I really appreciate your time. I thank you for having me on. Great stuff. Thanks. Very optimistic about this season for sure. And yeah, I think Jonathan Abrams is a player that when he is put in the right situations, he is very, very, very good. Uh, it hasn't always happened that way, but uh, that is that is definitely the key. Uh, to uh, to managing Jonathan Abrams, just put him in the places where he can succeed, and then he will do that for you. So interesting to see what they do with him. Patrick Graham, I'm sure, will figure out a plan. Uh, we'll see what Jesse Merrick has to think about that. We come back on the other side. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Modelo, a proud sponsor of the Raiders and the official beer of fans with the fighting spirit. And we are back here on the JT The Brick Show on Raider Nation Radio, 928 a.m. off. It was so soft. What? Oh, this I was waiting for some hip-hop to come back to. Nah, it was God did. DJ Khaled. Oh, okay. I was, I was waiting for some are you not listening? I thought it was a commercial. Have you not listened to the new album, DJ Khaled? I guess I haven't. God did. All right, good. Good enough. I was I was waiting for some. <laughs> just wait, man. You're it, gonna... felt, it felt like a commercial coming back. I was like, what are we doing here? Disrespecting. All right, that's my fault. I should I should have talk, started talking instead. I was texting and God did. That's man. my fault. Well, you're going to be hearing people say that now. You just people are just going to be walking around. It's good. Like how we get the, how'd you get that win today? God did. Okay, well that's <laughs> he didn't. Whoever won the game did. Uh, I uh, we are filling in here. This is Adam Hill from the Review Journal and Damon from Raider Nation Radio and here at Lotus Broadcasting. We are uh, here for JT. And when I was asked to come in today. I told Damon, can you book Case Kiefer from the Sun? He didn't. Uh, instead, we have Jesse Merrick for some reason, and that's an inside joke that we'll leave right there. Uh, Jesse, how you doing, man? Not too bad, man. I, at first, for a second, when he hit me up, I, I thought he must have been mistaken. So <laughs> I, I was wondering if he actually meant to talk to me or Case. That's, that's fair <laughs> enough. Uh, one day we will tell that story. Uh, not for today, oh, yeah. but you can, of course, see Jesse on Channel 3 and uh, follow him up on Twitter at uh, JesseNews3LV. Uh, I first want to, I don't know, DeMond has a question for you. I first want to ask you, what's your immediate reaction with the college football playoff expanding to 12 teams? 
Yeah, look, I'm all for expansion. Like, I, I love seeing it because 4 was just, I mean, 4 was great and was fun to watch, but, like, clearly needed more. Uh, while 12 is a good start, I think we need to see 16. Um, you know, that, that's, I think, we'll eventually get. But I'm all for taking a step in the right direction, expanding it, you know, bringing more excitement to it uh, and more craziness to the playoff. I mean, finally, we have something that resembles a little bit more uh, like the playoffs of every other sport out there. You know, no longer is it just this four-team deal that's kind of odd. So I'm fired up for it. I can't wait to see it get going. Go ahead, DeMond. Tell him he's wrong like you told me I was wrong about 16. You know what? Go ahead. How many good teams are there in college football? Are there 16 teams that you think, hey, this team has a chance to win the national championship? Be honest. I mean, honestly, probably not, but I still want to see them. It, but you could make that same argument with the NFL. Did that many teams really have a chance at winning the Super Bowl? You know? That's different. I mean, you know what? Don't you know what? Yes. Oh, that's different. Get out of here. Yeah. Do I need a scientific answer, like some research and data? Just say it's different. These are pros. Like, leave that kid from. Oh, let's say what if UCF goes eleven and one? What, what about letting a kid like that experience the the playoffs? What is what about that? Exactly. Come oh, on. Oh, so just so you can say you went. Yeah. Or you could say you played in a bowl game. That's exciting. We love the Las Vegas Bowl, but I mean that yeah. really. That's the. That, that's the attitude? Like, this kid got to experience the playoff. That's awesome, and that's cool. And, as Jesse said, I, I want more because, uh, Jesse, my point is I want every conference champion in. I, I think if you win your conference, you should be able to play for something bigger. Yes, I agree 100% on that fact, and that's why I think there needs to be 16 so you get them all in there. And also, too, DeMond, to your point, man, like, look, they may not have a chance at winning the championship, but they could create some chaos and beat somebody that could win a championship. And I think that is valid reason to give them a chance to get them in there because if these teams can't get past those teams, then what the heck are they doing in the playoff in the get-go? All right. I mean, I got it's two against one here. I'll stand down. <laughs> good, good, good. I know when to pick my battles. Take your L. Let's go. What, what do you got? I'll take my L. All right, before we even get into some Raider talk, I want to ask you, because we had Paul Gutierrez on in the first hour, and we were talking about Amir Abdullah and him talking about Tekken, him talking about sparring. Now, you've been getting into the jiu-jitsu a little bit. Who on the Raiders team could you take in a sparring session? Oh, man. Well, okay, so, so I've been doing jiu-jitsu for about a year now. I still have my white belt, so I can't get too crazy here. But um, I've been mixing some boxing in there. I, I think I feel pretty confident against a lot of people. I, I wouldn't want anything to do with Max uh, just because he's crazy. I know he watches way too much UFC. And Chandler Jones, because we all know who his brother is. So, I, honestly, other than that, I don't think there's many dudes I'd be running from uh, in, in, if we're strictly talking jujitsu. Wow. Ooh. I mean, the right answer is AJ Cole, right? <laughs> oh, man. Okay, yeah, you know, you're probably right on that fact. AJ Cole, I feel like, could, could beat up a lot of people. He's just like a closet, you know, savage. <laughs> That's tough. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I know. I couldn't beat anybody on the team. Oh no, no, no! I wouldn't stand a chance. No. The, well, you can professional wrestle against them. <laughs> you can body oh man! I would show. Every, oh, I'd show them the ropes for sure. Uh, Jesse, we've been asking everybody today. It's the question of the day uh, for the listeners, the callers, for uh, Raider Nation Radio out there. Uh, first off, we have two questions: one positive, one maybe not as positive. Who are you most confident in on this team? Who are you going to the season saying, yeah, no worries about that guy? Oh, man. Well, I mean, there's obviously the easy one that everyone could say is Devontae Adams, uh, you know, or, or Colton Miller. You know, that's another one. You know, uh, Hunter Renfro, I'm sure, is another one people have been, you know, noting. Um, for me, honestly, and I was in the car and I heard you mention it, Adam, that is the guy that's kind of in your pocket there. For me, it's Nate Hobbs just truly because what we've seen him do with his staff, he's going to be moving around all over the place. I also think he happens to be a dude who's going to make a massive jump. 
you know, I think he's going to be that guy that, you know, people around the league, you know, kind of thought, okay, this kid had a good, you know, good first year and everything. But now, you know, as he kind of dives into it more, gets more of that role where he plays the outside, gets moved around in this defense, you know, is put into more positions. I think we're really going to see the skill uh, that this kid has and what he can bring to a defense. Uh, so I think, to me, I'm more, most uh, confident in him uh, and what he's going to bring to the table for this defense. Uh, I think that's a big reason, too, why they trade a guy like Trayvon Mullen as well. You know, knowing what they've got in the stable when you pair him with the other corners in that room, uh, you know, I think it was just kind of one of those deals where there's not much room for, for someone like him, and they probably are just really high on a guy like Hobbs. And then on the other side, let's eliminate the offensive line because that's been the common answer, of course. I, don't, I think that was to be expected. Uh, where yeah. are your concerns? You're going into this season saying, all right, this is the one thing that could potentially prevent this team from accomplishing their goals. I, I just think – I don't know how much it will necessarily prevent them from accomplishing their goals as a whole, but I, I don't think they're going to be great against the run. You know, you look at a lot of the teams that they're playing early on in the year, some teams that, you know, are pretty run-heavy or have some, you know, talented running backs. Uh, and I guess I, I want to lump that in more so in, like, stopping the run, but also just stopping the running backs in general, whether that's in coverage or, or running the ball. You know, I just don't have a ton of confidence in, in what they're going to be able to do in that area. And I think that could cause some issues for them, uh, you know, at least specifically in the first part of the year, you know, against some teams like the Titans, you know, the Chargers with a guy like Austin Eckler who can do so much. Um, you know, and even the Cardinals, honestly, James Conner, you know, uh, you know, having the year that he did last year, I think he's the guy that, you know, turned some heads and I think more people will realize, you know, what he's got in terms of his game. But, uh, you know, specifically the one I had circled when I was thinking about that is Derrick Henry. Uh, he's the guy that I think is going to be able to feast against this run defense. And I think if they're able to figure that out, uh, this defense is going to be scary. But that's just something I think uh, that they're going to struggle with early on. All right, you know, we saw that the Raiders, that they brought in Reggie Ragland for a visit, and that kind of goes to what you're saying, maybe sharing up that linebacker room. But uh, before the regular season starts, if they could add one player at one position, which position would that be for you? Oh, man. Um, I, I would say probably I'm going to take the cop out and say right tackle, even though, like, I've been impressed with Illuminor. To me, he was the most impressive offensive lineman not named Colton Miller, uh, you know, coming out of camp. Um but, yeah, I, I would, for me, if I were them, I'd want to sure something up at right tackle with a vet, uh, you know, who's out there. Don't ask me who because I have to take a look at a lot of free agents. But I would say bring somebody in there uh, at right tackle just to make you feel a little bit better about it because I know that they're pretty high on Thayer Munford. Uh, you know, he's a guy that's shown some decent skill. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, he's a rook who's still, you know, seventh-rounder guy. That Not that that matters anymore, but still kind of acclimating the NFL. I think for me and just what this offense has to offer, I'd want to sure that up uh, a bit more. So I would say go that route. Jesse Merrick from uh, News 3. Follow him up on Twitter, Jesse News 3 LV. Uh, we are a week away, less than a week away from the first game of the season, but uh, obviously nine days away from the Raiders opening. And uh, it's prediction season, so everybody's making their predictions all around. Uh, who do you have in the Super Bowl? Let's say the AFC and NFC representative uh, for the Super Bowl this season. What are your picks? Oh man, that's another that's a tough one. Let's see. I everyone's picking the Bills. I I don't know if I see that with the with the Bills coming to the out of the AFC. Um but I, I kind I do kind of want to lean towards them. I I don't know. I just, I see what they have on their team. You know, the defense is getting better. Um I, so I'm going to contradict myself and go and pick <laughs> Went right the back Bills, to him. I, I don't see it. <laughs> um and then, you know, coming out of the NFC, ooh man, that's another tough one. Um, let's see. You know, the the top of the list, the the favorites are, of course, the Bucks, the Rams, uh, teams like that. The Packers are are, I think, the third choice in the NFC. 
there's definitely, you know, th- there's definitely some openings for a team to make a run. Yeah, there definitely is. As I was like, talking myself through it, for me, I'm looking more so Rams-Bucks. You know, I think that's where we're going to kind of see between the both of them. And I, I'm going to lean towards the Rams, I think, on this one. You know, I, I like, you know, obviously what they have to offer offensively. Aaron Donald, you know, seems to be in rare form, throwing helmets at people and everything. So he's ready to roll for the season. Um, you know, I, I think they're going to be one. You know, you bring uh, Bobby Wagner into the fold as well. I, I think that's a team that uh, is going to be right back where they were last season. Uh, and also, I think adding Allen Robinson to that receiving core is a very underrated signing that I think people are going to realize that guy, uh, you know, has some game that kind of disappeared when he was in Chicago. I'm uh, I'm going away from any favorites. I'm gonna, uh, Devon can give his too, but I'm going some some hardcore cities. Ravens, Eagles. Ooh. Ooh. How fun would that be? That would be that would be a lot of fun. That'd be interesting to see just to see Eagles fans back rooting for a team that's in the Super Bowl. I mean, they they are a different breed. Demond, I'm curious, what are what are yours then, man? Do you have something as interesting as his? I don't have anything as interesting as Adams. There, by the way, I think Philadelphia and Baltimore might go to war, like a civil war. Yeah, I think between those there towns. might be all out chaos. No, I would love the uh, media coverage of which quarterback can actually throw the ball. <laughs> yeah, two it running would, backs at quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. two running back at quarterback <laughs> conversation <laughs> as the, for the lead up for the Super Bowl. <laughs> Who are you going yeah. with? Though? Uh, let me take the Titans in the AFC. Titans? Let me take the Titans in the they're, AFC. They're, they're not making what? the playoffs. What? What? Oh, they're guys. not making the playoffs. You know what? How about this? We the have Titans 15 minutes stink. left. The Titans stink. I'll tell you that right now. Stink? Under 500. Number one seed last year, buddy. Yeah. I'm saying this year. Under 500. You can make that bet on the air? Yeah, we can make the bet on the air. Jesse Merrick's a witness. Yeah. Jesse, what do you say? Sorry. Who's your quarterback? Tannehill and Malik. Yeah. Tannehill's got one good year. He's got one good year left in him. Malik will be starting by week so? seven. I yeah, I tend to agree with Adam on this one. All right, and then in the NFC, I'm going with the Bucks. <laughs> so Brady's got, got it. Hey. Go off the radar and then just favorite. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. He's got to have one of them. I'd be okay with that. I think I don't know if I've told you guys this. I've been open about being a Bucks fan since before Brady was there. Mm. I would love to see it and then just see him finally retire for good. Let me can go back to sucking again. Well, along those <laughs> lines, I'm I'm all for the Saints making it because I'm uh, I'm Team Jameis all the way. That's my guy. Oh God, no, nah, love I've had that, enough guy. Of that guy. I, I don't want to see Jameis in there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go eat a W. <laughs> He's going to eat yeah. a bunch of Ws this year. Uh, Jesse, what do you guys got coming up on Channel Three? Uh, you know, honestly, probably a slow week this week. Uh, you know, we're doing some high school football tonight. I'll be down over at uh, football or Foothill High School, but. You know, next week, obviously, things ramping up a bit more as we get ready for the start of the season. we got the Shmaev DS fight. You know, that's going to be wild. Uh, so next week's going to be the big week as we get ready for both of those massive events. Obviously, the Aces in the playoffs. Uh, you know, game three up in Seattle on uh, Sunday at noon. That's going to be a big one as well. We'll see if they can uh, take the lead in the series right now. It's even 1-1. So those are the things that we're really concentrated on, but definitely gearing up, uh, you know, for a massive week. Brian will be out there. Uh, in L.A. for the Charger game. So we'll be kind of having all of our coverage leading up to that. There you go. Check them out at Jesse News 3 lv up on Twitter. Watch Channel 3 with Jesse Merrick. We, we thank you, sir. Hey, of course. Appreciate it, guys. That was always a good time. Yep. Get back after this. We'll finish up. What is going on this weekend? What is What are the plans? we got to have some big ones. JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Grimaldi's Pizzeria, home of the famous New York-style coal-fired brick oven pizza. 
wrapping things up on this Friday. Adam Hill from the Review Journal and Devon in for JT. We'll be back after the weekend. It is the weekend, though. It's coming up. Three-day weekend. You've got to enjoy this one. You have to. I'm telling you, the next, I was going to say 18, the next 22 weekends are going to be crazy with NFL. You have to enjoy your last weekend without NFL football. So get out there and find something fun to do. I have an ethical dilemma I'll ask you about in just a minute. Uh, but I think what most people are doing that are football fans this weekend, Damon, is having fantasy football drafts. Oh, man. I'm not in a league this year. None? No, no leagues this year. Have you ever done one? Yeah, of course. I you, mean. Do you know? I mean, I'm I'm obsessed. I know you are. Do you know how many leagues I'm in? 20. 27. Ah. It's close. So I have about seven drafts this weekend. How serious are all these leagues, though? From from zero seriousness to 34 out of 10. Like very different levels. So the seven that you have drafts for this weekend, are the two, these are these the heavy hitters? Two or? that are pretty serious. I had one really serious draft the other day. Uh, I do have one pretty big one tonight. Um, massive one on Monday. Massive. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it depends on how much, well, uh, I was going to say how much money you buy in for, but I, I think it, how, many, how much... Uh, Interest? Do you? I don't know. Are you allowed to say you pay? For the leagues? I, <laughs> I was going to ask how you, invested you are. Yeah, in how the invested literally are you in these leagues? Are you playing with any of these leagues? People that you don't know? A couple, sure. Like, are you just like going to NFL like the NFL.com website? No, there's like, actually sign a, me up in a league. I'll, I'll I'll shout them out. Actually, there actually is a uh, there's a site called Guillotine Leagues. Uh, they run sites, and you don't know the people. You're just kind of in them. Uh, and basically, 18 teams in the league to start the year. So there's an 18-team draft, and the lowest score is eliminated every week. So they're chopped out of the chopped out of the league. So I don't know any of these people, and I'm in like four of those, where lowest lowest man out, and then the the last guy at the end of the year gets all the money. Last year I finished second, so that that was terrible because you're in the league all year. You have to continue setting the lineup all year, and then you lose the last week. So you don't get any money, but you're in it all. So do you get to reshuffle your team each week? Yeah, you get to – everybody that gets knocked off, their guys are now available. So, like, somebody's going to be a first-round pick, and they're going to be on the waiver wire after week one because their team gets gets eliminated. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty intense. It's good. Then you have to decide, hey, is my team good enough to not pick up anybody because I'm, I'm going to last a couple weeks without spending any money because you, you have a budget of how many people you can pick up or whatever. It's crazy. There's a lot. It's very intense. Um in terms of the Raiders, Devontae Adams, obviously, very easy pick to make in fantasy. I actually think Derek Carr is being underdrafted. I, I would I would probably look at taking him uh, as like the 10th, 10th, 11th quarterback. He's actually fallen around like 14th, 15th, which is a little bit weird to me. Um, I have Zamir White in a couple of leagues because I think at some point he's going to be very, very relevant uh, for drafts. Hunter Renfro might slip down a little bit, but uh, if you're in a PPR league, definitely grab him. Uh, so a lot of options, I think, on the uh, on the Raiders roster. Darren Waller, obviously one of the top three, four tight ends in leagues. I'm not too worried about it. I know a lot of people have been concerned about whether he's going to play. I would go ahead and take him. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of people drafting this week, so be excited about that. Uh, do you have big plans for the weekend, Damon? Oh, yes. You do? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> what is that? It's a big weekend in the world of professional wrestling. Oh, I saw that. Oh, That's so stupid. Man. You actually, you're still watching it? Am I still watching? I mean, Clash at the so, Castle. So ridiculous. It's going to be the first stadium show in the UK since 92. 
Clash at the Castle. Does it matter Set? where it is? I mean, it's a big deal for the UK fans. They care. I guess. They care. They know that it, like, never mind. I'm not going to insult your your passion. Okay, yeah, thank you. All right, <laughs> so we've got Clash at the Castle on Saturday. Sunday, you have NXT Worlds Collide. Ooh, right, do I pique your interest there? No. Followed by AEW's All Out. I mean, come on. That's, that's a big weekend. A big weekend. I mean, it's going to be wrestling galore. I, I, so I told I'm just going to let you have that. Uh, I told you I have a, a bit of an ethical dilemma. First of all, I'll start with this. Do you believe in the concept as adults of best friends? This was a, a debate we had the other day. Like, do adults have best friends? Yes. I don't think so. I think you just have a couple of close friends. Do you, do you like, tell somebody, like, you're my best friend? It's a weird concept as an adult. It's, it a very, it's a very weird concept. I was at a wedding <laughs> this past weekend with a bunch of friends that yes. we are all super close friends. Right. But it, is there one you're like, no, you're actually my best one. This is what I do say. Like, if I introduced uh, my if I introduced my buddy Rudy, like, you know, so hey, who's this? Oh, this is my buddy Rudy. If I get married, he's the best man. That's what I say, like, okay. if I'm introducing him to someone right. that's never met him before. All right. That's interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, that's already established. Okay. I, I, so, I don't really believe in that. I just think you have close friends and, like, it's, you know, you're for the most part, you're you have a group of friends, I think, but you don't have a best friend. I would say the person who I'm closest friends with lives in L.A., Good friend of mine. It's his birthday today. Mm. Uh, a couple of other of our friends are flying down there tomorrow just to have dinner and then flying home Sunday morning. And I, I was not supposed to be able to go because there was a lot of Raider stuff going on, but I actually kind of wrapped up a bunch of stuff. So I have a free night tomorrow. But it's like it seems like a lot of work to just fly fly down to have dinner and then fly back in the morning. I'm going to call you. I'm calling you. You don't have to go, but I'm calling you a bad friend. If other people are already making that commitment, only like only like two other people, and they've had it planned for weeks. This is a this was a twenty four hour notice to like should I fly down to have dinner? It's not about FOMO. Do you care? I, I guess. I mean, I want to be there. I want to be like. It's also it's kind of expensive to buy a ticket at the last minute. A little pricey. No, no, it's not, man. I got a ticket to Reno last Shut week up. for like, yeah, man. Frontier will take care of you. I don't think Frontier flies that way. Oh. Uh, Maybe Southwest to take care of you. <laughs> so you're saying I have to go? Yes. You got nothing else to do? What are you going to do? In. Hit me up, Adam Hill, LVRJ on Twitter. Do I have to go? Is this important? Do I have to make this trip? I don't think so, but we'll find out. For Damon, for Jesse Merrick, Paul Gutierrez, we thank you guys. Thank you guys, the callers, too. Great job on the phone lines today. We'll talk to you again Tuesday.